More shoreline. More shoreline than the whole coast of California. Excuse me. This place right here has more shoreline than the whole coast of California. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ozark Talks. This is a special series that we're doing as part of the Art of NGF podcast. So I'm here again with Lance and Taylor. What's up guys? Hey everyone. So episode two opens right up into, well it's called Blue Cat. Episode two is called Blue Cat. And we'll find out very quickly what that's referring to. But that's our theme governing this show this particular episode. So that'll be important later. Scene opens at the hotel, at a hotel, and we see Marty waking up in a completely new reality. His entire old way of life is dissolved, and now he's waking up in, uh, at the Lake of the Ozarks in a hotel, in a shitty hotel. And there's a speech going where he says a family is like a small business. So anything you guys have to say about that opener? It's, um, everyone's disoriented. There's a, there's a a realignment of, of the family unit as they kind of get their sea legs in their new environment. It's strange. It's foreign. It's alien. And everyone's a little uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, Marty has to, has to deal with each of them, um, each of the family members individually and to kind of, uh, get them back on his side. Right. And we see that there's a big split because he actually gives them an instruction. He's saying a family's like a small business, meaning everyone's going to have to participate in running it. And he tells them, stay at the room. The first thing is he tells them, stay at the hotel room. Do not leave all our stuff's here. And meanwhile, the Langmores are haunting around the entire discussion. Yeah, that was a that was fun to watch the for the second time through, yeah. seeing how they put that heist together and knowing who they are and where they come from and how they arranged it is brilliant. Yeah, it was great. I didn't realize any of that that they were like, it all seemed so just incidental. It was perfect mm-hmm. on the first yeah. viewing. It seems like, oh yeah, they're just leaf blowing. But obviously, in the show, you have to remember everything that's included is included for a reason. Mm-hmm. So we were seeing them haunting it. And he still, uh, he, he tries to get back to a sense of normalcy. And, and we see a connection between the, the old life and the new life with the, uh, the clicker, the remote control. Oh, yeah, that's funny. It comes up again and he said, uh, and I don't want to have to uh, turn over the entire room to find the clicker. That wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if he's talking about his sectional back at home. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a little sense of normalcy anyway. And then he says, love you guys. Mm-hmm. So there's still, he's still just right on top of it. He, so we're seeing that he at his core didn't 
didn't change. You know what I mean? He, he, he's still on, t on task with the mission, even though they were completely disoriented. Mm -hmm. So then right away, yeah. Wendy appealed to some other form of authority and at, says about getting a job. And he's like, no, that's not going to make any money. You know, that's not even worth it. Yeah, that was a good standoff they had there. Um, and I felt like Marty, um, he drilled into that egg there. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, he, he took all the energy, that, all the tension that was living there between them, all of the, the sense of, of entitlement that, uh, that Wendy had. Um, around what happened when she left him to die. She left him to die. She took the money and went to hang out with that guy, right? Yeah, and sure. ra rather than skirting that issue or walking around or pretending that didn't happen, he, he confronted her with it. And she says at first, get off your cross. I'm not going to have a pity yeah. for you. And he's just yeah. looking at her. And then she says, you, you're forgetting something. Gary, there's an innocent and good man. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And the whole point is that as she's saying that, it's obvious that he's not because what was he fucking doing with her? And he was going to leave her and basically her family to die mm -hmm. right before he got killed. And Marty is deeply honest in this moment. And we see there's a complete parallel here between how he navigates. He's learning every moment. The way he navigates with Wendy right there. We're going to see later in this episode when he navigates with the and negotiates with the Langmores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an ongoing theme. And when, that, he, uh, when he negotiates for the blue cat, he gets punched again. And he sees like, oh, it's I, the same. I can do it with this guy. Yeah, it's the same as with the cop. When yeah, he, exactly. he, he ups the cop and then the cop ups him. It's, right. uh, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. So right there, he's deeply honest and he goes straight to business. And he's like, we are no longer husband and wife. We are now business partners. <laughs> <laughs> And our, and our role is, our business is to take care of the kids. And uh, he again takes full responsibility here. We hear, we hear him actually explain what happened. And he says, yeah, I should have seen it. I should have seen Bruce taking the money. I should have seen you cheating on me. I should have seen all this shit. Yeah, accountability. And he's like, you fucking left. You knew I needed that money. You knew I needed it. And you took it. Going off his balcony. For what? People cheat. They have sex with people who they aren't married to. It happens. It's not unique. I was unhappy. You're not exactly blameless in this. For this house, I want you to find one as nice as possible, but as cheap as possible. I want you to think starter home. We got $20,000 to our name. Just 20. So please do not sign anything without talking to me first. And we are not husband and wife anymore. We're just business partners and our jobs to raise those kids. But you're absolutely right that I share some blame for this. I should have caught Bruce. I was in charge of the numbers. I should have seen it coming. But my mind was elsewhere, Wendy. You know, it's Saturday night and you're, you're foxy boxing or your Zumba or whatever the hell it is. It cost me a few hundred dollars every single month. It ended two hours ago and there's no Wendy. Why does she get so many texts every night? Why does she have to leave the room to make a phone call? I wonder who's fucking my wife. So that's my bad. 
And now I, I don't forget, Gary, I don't forget how you emptied our bank accounts when you knew I needed that money, Wendy. You knew I needed it. And I doubt very, very much that you did that by yourself, that you did that in a vacuum. So my memory is crystal clear. I was there for all of it. In fact, the satisfying sound of your lover smacking the pavement is the only thing that gets me to sleep every night. So he, and he said, I see clearly. He remembers everything clearly. So he's, he's saying, I'm fully present. I'm aware of what I feel. And you know what I feel? Is that the only thing that's getting me to sleep at night is the satisfying sound of your lover hitting the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> he got straight to the root of it. Yeah. And then she punches him twice. He takes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we see, so we're seeing still an establishment of his character, the depth and power of his character. He just sits there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he's not forced to a reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's never exactly. forced to a reaction. He actually gets yeah. to choose. Yeah, and then he, um, after that scene, he starts to explore his options in, on the Ozark. And, yeah. uh, meet everyone that he might need to know um like extend his hand um and be seen where he is by the people that he may need to know he's finding the others yeah exactly yeah it's great he's going out and actually you know meeting his reality facing it and communicating mm -hmm. with the actual people there because how do you know unless you do that you that's that's how you handle any foray into any new uh, interest or environment. Mm -hmm. Find out who's there, meet them, better or worse. Right, so we're getting instruction there. Just go out around where you are. Mm -hmm. and find the opportunities that are, that are there. And even if it doesn't go the way you think you want it to go, you'll still make connections and, and create future opportunities. And, and more importantly, you'll get instructions from reality because we, what we see happen here uh, well, next we also see Wendy go into the uh, to the realtor, and she runs the show. We see her, we see her step up for the first time here. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and that's a that's a byproduct of that confrontation in the van. Exactly. They're 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 both evolving into higher forms through each scene. It's just it's incredible writing. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so the next one, we see a little glimpse of the hotel again with Ruth getting upset when they won't let her clean the room. So that's starting to get wavery. Uh, and then the next thing was Marty at the archives looking up all the businesses. So like you just said, he's in, and uh, he's an angel, mm -hmm. said he's an angel investor looking for businesses that are failing. Right, right. So he gets his list. He goes to the, see the storage guy first and he rents the storage. Right here, we see Marty get instructions from reality, from this guy, uh, even though he thinks he's there to try and invest. And the guy says, tells him the story about the pontoon in the storage shed he rents. And he said that it was being used to, to smuggle crystal meth across the lake. But the guys didn't have a fishing pole, no coolers, no ice, no nothing uh, no mm -hmm. for cover. Mm -hmm. And he said, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> and Marty's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> So he gets the instructions right there. Uh, then we see Wendy touring a bunch of shitty houses and Marty getting turned down. So they're facing defeat immediately, mm -hmm. facing an uphill battle. Uh, we see Charlotte refuse the Bible, which was pretty interesting. Mm. 
They're that is interesting. That's a nice touch. I, I, I glossed over that. Yeah, I wonder what, what they might be aiming at there, but it's kind of like, no, we're, we're already dealing with this, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Refuses it from Wyatt, and then he tries to get her away from the room, which I also didn't pick up on at all the first time. I was totally clueless. Uh, then we see the strip club. Marty goes to the strip club next, and that's when he's trying to one-up the Bobby Dean guy, and then Bobby Dean calls him out on the money laundering. So totally. Kind of like... Defeated. But Marty's but, great, right? He, he goes away and he, like, not on this episode, but he's going to regroup and then he's going to go and one-up Bobby Dean. Like, he goes, re, comes up with the creative solution to re-engage with these people and get the upper hand. He learned what he needed to know at that, to take yeah. that, that meeting. Yeah. Uh, then we meet Buddy at the house that they're going to rent, so that, that's a key player for later on. I have terminal heart disease. And we see how, how direct Buddy is, which I think is, is also good. It's, he's like a trainer for, for everyone there. He's like the old guy training Rocky. Mm-hmm. But for transcendence, you know, he's teaching about death. and <laughs> He's death mm-hmm. living there at their house, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we see Marty. So we see meet Buddy, who's dying. He's essentially death. So we see the death theme enter in right away with Buddy. Then we see Marty eating lunch at the lake, and he climbs down and tosses his sandwich off the edge. So he's kind of foreshadowing the suicide idea. Yeah, yeah, and he's also he's, I think he's also making an offering too to the yeah. to the Ozark, that yeah. that and that uh, it arises again in his dream. The relationship that he has with that water and that cliff is uh, going deep inside. Yeah. So next we see the boating scene and Jonah goes out and takes his laptop with him. Then they find out Buddy's coming, Buddy comes with the house. So the kids are going out adventuring, which I think is also important. They're going exploring and getting used to where they are. Buddy says, I believe in being direct. So he's, he's good. And there's a montage and the only song that we hear on the whole episode is that song, Dear Love of Mine by Daniel Spilaniak, I think his name is. which is a really cool song, Dear Love of Mine. So I think we're seeing uh, the love of Marty's life out exploring. And then we see Charlotte get busted by the cops. And Jonah meets Tuck, which is a key moment as well. So Jonah had to leave for the story to advance. The kids had to go exploring. So then we get to the scene with the sheriff. Lance, I know you had some things about that. Uh, nothing more than I, I just, nothing more than I said. What what do you remember from it? Well, we see something important with Wendy there too. What happens there, Marty reads the sheriff and first the sheriff's trying to prosecute Charlotte. And then Marty reads the scene, the situation. And he's like, oh, okay, we're playing a guessing game. Why don't I try? And and during that time, uh, Wendy is all timid. She's like, no, no, Marty, calm down, calm down. Like, you know, it's the police. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to him this way, basically. Mm-hmm. And Marty just one-ups him. And then the sheriff, when the sheriff pushes back uh, and says that he serves the tax-paying citizens, then Wendy suddenly snaps and says she just bought the house and one-ups the sheriff. And the sheriff has to prosecute the lane wars. It- in, is Wendy suggesting that they're going to be citizens there and they're going to raise a fuss 
about the sheriff and yeah that they're voters and that they're taxpayers and they're going to be citizens so that he, he might want them on their on his side so we see them digging in in that scene too and learning the lay of the land really. yeah that was great too because as soon as in that scene as soon as the the cop mentions ruth uh waymore or whatever they're langmore langmore that you see immediately marty's eyes are like oh shit <laughs> he, he knows what happened he's like yeah ruth be an e expert as a criminal yeah. your potential is vastly untapped <laughs> yeah i think marty might have been thinking of it in two ways he might have think like, that's a useful ally and she might have just robbed me as well yeah. <laughs> like and also here's where they live he finds out where they live and then he asks for a picture to see a picture of ruth and he's like oh fuck and then he gets home who cleaned up in here and he, and uh the kid tries jonah tries to blow him off says he cleaned up and he's like well where'd you get that knife he's like oh i took a short walk but obviously during the montage we saw like a very long walk <laughs> and at first it seems like the money's there but then we see him realize that the uh, huge chunk of it is missing. And the thing that's funny is about this scene, he already has received all the tools and instructions he needs for the next step. And he calls the sheriff, the guy who was his adversary, and the sheriff gives him the information he needs. And then mm -hmm. it turns out that Charlotte, because of what happened with her, knows where they were going. Mm -hmm. So what we see was perceived wrongness, you know, like, oh, this shouldn't happen. The kid should have just stayed there and protected the money. But in actuality, it's the way forward in the story. Yeah, because he develops the relationship with uh, the Langmores and Ruth. And, and his own kids. Like, everyone comes together. And, and his own kids, everyone, yeah. So he goes and buys fish, fishing gear, and, yeah. and coolers, and rents a boat, and yeah. brings the coolers for cash as well. <laughs> then that the one of the best scenes my favorite scene in the the episode and one of the best in the show is him confronting the langmores in the bathroom so about the money oh you there yeah i'm here now okay taylor jump in if you want it right. and i right, got you so yeah he says uh relax relax no, you're not. That's my money. <laughs> he's just going to take it. Mm -hmm. Well, he starts by nearly literally diving into the room after <laughs> sitting outside for a, for a moment. Like a deep breath and dive in and handle this. Right. Yeah, he's, mm. he's excellent. And they have a gun on him right away. And the thing is, he, he's already had the gun on him from Dell. So we see now a new time of him confronting the same situation and he can see through it. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, he never stops talking. He goes, relax, relax, relax. That's not what's going to happen right now. And then they look up the cartel, which gets the kids to leave, the younger ones. And basically, again, Marty uses the truth of the situation to win, to win the situation. Yeah, that's what Marty's so brilliant at is using the variables of where he finds himself like you said he took a deep breath he had no idea what he was going to run into and then he's willing to just freestyle it on the fly yeah. and adapt to make it work in his favor yeah and he dives right in and, and uh, rises to the occasion in that scene big time yeah 
Yeah. And then that whole speech, are you murderers? He's just asking them to look at the reality of what they're thinking of doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where we see yeah. an attempt to play him a little bit. Ruth goes, okay, I'll step, oh, up, yeah. step up here. Yeah. But Marty, yeah, I'm surprised they let him get away with that. The, go ahead. I'm surprised they let him get away with that. I'm surprised they weren't just like, yeah, whatever. Let well, uh, Omar come and get us. They know where they live and, and that there's a balance of power. And we find out more about that later. But, but they know where they live and, and who's running the show. So they're used to having to deal with that. Right, right. That's, that's what it is. And then Marty points out the facts again, even when Ruth is saying, yeah, let's kill him, let's do it. And then he said, who's the irresponsible one here? The one that goes out with the trashy yeah. women, drinks too much. And he basically points out, you're going to be under constant pursuit the rest of your life, and you're probably going to have to kill a family member if you want to pull this off. Yeah, I like how the youngest one is all psyched about uh, groceries and gas money for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that didn't sound bad either, you know. No, seriously. But yeah, so they take 20000 and uh, they're like, we're taking 20000 Deal with it. And he's like, you deal with it. <laughs> 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 and when the boy's leaving, Marty's like, yeah, good choice. And, and he's like, yeah, sorry about uh, Charlotte. And he's like, not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's just on point on every detail. So... <laughs> You deal with it, yeah. He's just handing over the responsibility to, and telling them exactly what their move is doing. So then we see the cut scene with the truck crashing with the barrels of acid that have Bruce and, uh, and company in them mm -hmm. and the jawbone. So that's the key piece that's going to keep this FBI pressure going. And we see the FBI guy working out, and he, said he thinks his career is going to be made by this. So he's all stoked and he breaks up with his partner and he's completely heartless, basically. So we're established in that. Uh, we're establishing there that he's, he's a heartless bastard, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, those guys, uh, how they play into it is, a, is still a, a mystery at this point, how the FBI plays into the whole story. Yeah, we see how they... Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't bring up anything about the future episodes either. So, but with, it's a good establishing shot with him. Well, we, we we saw him in the last episode a little bit too, but in this one we see him, uh, him on a personal level. And then we see Marty looking off, uh, looking off the edge of the cliff again. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up into his life with a sigh. You see, he's just weighed down by the burden of all this. He thinks he failed. And he does his familiarity thing again. His, he does his uh, consistent effort with the kids. Who loves his little girl? And he goes over and kisses Jonah. And then he goes and wakes up, the, uh, wakes up Wendy to bring her outside. Is this after he had his dream on the cliff? Yeah. He, yep. uh, yeah, he, he wakes up from the dream and he goes around and does his routine. Uh, one thing that did happen at that moment when he was talking to Jonah was Jonah brought up the friend that he made who works at the Blue Cat Lodge. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, because the boy said, when Marty wakes up, yeah, Jonah says, you're right, I skipped over that part. Jonah says, um, 
I'm sorry, he, he apologizes. So Jonah takes responsibility, which is cool. So we see that theme throughout with all the kids. And, and uh, also Charlotte had taken responsibility as well and given him the information he, he needed to go get the money back. So both kids have held now. And then he, he gets Wendy and tells her he's going to kill himself. So basically he wants to pay Dell back and save the family. So it's still on point with his mission. And at that point, he now is bringing Wendy face to face with death. Wendy got confronted by it with Buddy, and now she's been brought face to face with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, we see Marty and, and Wendy reconnect more deeply than circumstances. We see their trans mm -hmm. transcendent connection yeah. begin. Yeah. I've seen some. Yeah, they're old. Go ahead. Yeah. The. the their old marriage is dying. It's, it's a slow death here. So in that moment, they reconnect and Marty goes out to do the deed to kill himself and decides he stops at a corner and decides to call, decides to call Bob. And basically Bob's the private investigator. Basically Bob saves Marty's life. He can read what's going on. Uh, so we see Marty has these various contacts and friends, and he's willing to listen to what they have to say. And he's looking for percentages. He wants this to be a mathematical, uh, at least probability, that it's going to work or it's not worth it. So even though it's this crazy decision, he's measuring it. He's still aware and present of what's going on. And what he starts to realize on that phone call is that not even death is a way out for him. His mission will fail if he does the suicide, is what he finds out. And right at the moment he decides to keep going, he looks up and sees the sign for the Blue Cat Lodge. Mm -hmm. He goes home and he tells Wendy, I wasn't thinking straight. And Wendy collapses. She's face death now. Mm -hmm. And she had typed Marty Bird is dead on, the, on, her, on her email. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the new life is, uh, is about to begin. Mm -hmm. So we see uh, essentially cleaning up all these things and both of them getting trained in how they're going to have to behave to rise to the task. Yeah. So the second... Yes, the next... Uh, what is it? I think next Marty goes to, uh, goes to the Blue Cat. He goes to the Blue Cat. Yeah, this one's great. And he starts this negotiation with no. This kind of references... Uh, Jim Camp uh, wrote a lot of books on negotiation and a lot of them center around that negotiations begin when you reach a no. And Marty obviously starts this one with a no and then has to move through it. When he's, he's really good at uh, selling this and the, he, he doesn't get stuck on, um, the things that he can't sell, he just switches around to selling something that he can. He says to that woman, um, he basically says, yeah, I don't know anything about your business and I don't know what can be done to improve it. What I invest in is people, you know, and by way of doing that, he was able to keep it moving forward. Whereas he could have just 
gotten totally stuck on the first thing, you know, like, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know anything about your business and I don't know how to improve it. Shit. You know? Yeah. He took a different strategy than he did with the storage and the titty bar. He, with the woman and the lodge, it was definitely a different tact tactics used. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. He needed to get creative. <laughs> and uh, and and again, he's he seizes the moment. He sees that the opportunity is is there when he's with Tuck and uh, and what's that lady's name? Who owns the blue cat? I forget her name right yeah. now. I can't remember her name. But yeah, he's uh, when the guy calls Tuck a retard. Uh, yeah. It's rec there's a it recalls the conversation from episode one when one of the kids uh, says the word retard and Marty says don't say that word ever to the kids and so then he brings up you know that story from his life right in that situation oh yeah and he uses basically uses the codes uh, he uses the codes that that trigger a robotic reaction from people and he mm -hmm. sees that those are are so deep that he can control entire situations if he just stays aware of them and, and uh, enters the codes correctly so he provokes that situation and he waits you, you watch him time it exactly he sees her walking up and then he just mm -hmm. sits there and he's building up to it <laughs> and right when she walks in he turns and he says no i'm not going to stand for it <laughs> mm -hmm. And the way she's looking at him is so funny. Like she knows what he's doing, but can't resist. Yeah, and he gets smoked again. He gets punched or slapped for the second time. And he's waiting for it. Right. This time he, re yeah, it's like, it's like he, he learned from the situation with Wendy what he had to do here. Mm -hmm. So we see him basically all these situations that he finds himself in, he's received instructions for previously. By being present in his life, he's able to actually flow with each new situation. Mm -hmm. And each new situation has locks in it that all the previous situations give you the keys for. Mm -hmm. That is one, yeah. That's part of the magic of the show, what is depicting their yeah. reality. Somehow they fucking nailed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't take himself out on other people. He catches scenes running. It's uh, that's something that uh, most uh, good TV shows and movies do is they they'll start a start a scene running as it's going and then leave it early. So it feels like there's a sense of motion in the scene, yeah. but it's the same as it same as in life. You, you don't need to go in and Im impose yourself and your ideas and your expectations on people or the room or wherever you are. You can catch the scene running observe the what is occurring and then use your imagination to play in it <laughs> yeah and and then leave early <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we see a nice uh, we see the first big win right at the end of the episode so we had to clean up all that mess kids had to dig in and, and explore and marty had to accept that he's gonna have to get help from everybody basically to make this happen 
and use everything that he's got. And at the very end, we see them move into a house. So we see them establishing a new stability. And death lives in the house with them. How beautiful is that? Death stays as a presence. I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's a master stroke right there. I never realized what yeah. meant it until then. Yeah, because with death, you know, in I just think in my home uh, or on my person, uh, carrying reminders of of death, and because without it, uh, I become death. Like whoever's not aware of death becomes death. And the final moment is Wendy telling the kids what's actually going on. So mm -hmm. it's the end of innocence. They've just found out that Santa Claus doesn't exist and that their dad launders money for a horrific cartel. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome episode. Yeah, it was funny. I thought for a little while at the beginning of it, I was like, oh, this one isn't as good as, uh, as I remember. And then kicked right in and I saw so many patterns in there and they just nailed it, completely nailed it. There's mm -hmm. just the right amount of uh, crescendo. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like waves on the lake, the way they, they deliver stuff. Yeah. The death thing, the death confrontations are excellent. It's, it's unparalleled, really. Yeah. And the way that the death, the way that Marty and Wendy act that scene uh, when he's telling her that he's going to kill himself and they just put their foreheads together. And it's not that they want to come together, it's that they can't not. They realize who and mm -hmm. what they are is so much deeper than all the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is life. Yeah. So how can people, how, how should a person watch this show to actually get something out of it? How the hell do, do they translate what we're talking about into real life experience? That's a good question is, it depends on the individual. Um, you may want to listen to this before you watch it, <laughs> or you may want to do watch it, listen to this, and then watch it again. And it's it's probably worth that as well. Uh, it depends how big of a fan it. you are of the show. Yeah, you need to watch it all at least twice. Though there's no way that yeah across in one viewing. It's not even meant for that. I don't think the fact that they put it on Netflix in a pack of, of episodes at once. I think even indicates that they, it's meant to be watched multiple times. You know, it's funny. I heard, I read, um, silly of me, but I read a critic of the show and they were saying um, that the, sh the show needed another six months to season before they went into production because the show is for some reason underdeveloped. And it's just a classic case of the of a critic missing the point of the show and what makes it 
organic and alive and living yeah. and less like CSI or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and you had mentioned there was an article about an interview with Jason Bateman about uh, having to talk himself into directing and acting in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it always been a dream of his to have a show. I watched an interview from 2000, Five, 2004 maybe it's just around the start of that arrested development where he says his his dream is is to direct and act in his own show and he likes shows that are, are not that big shows that are on mid-scale but they aren't making many of those anymore and so on and so on hmm. and you can you can see he's talking about what he what is happening with the ozark which is just incredible and then Another interview, he talks about him being brought in as the actor and then sitting down with the producers and convincing them that he should direct it and act it. So <laughs> imagine that conversation. Like, <laughs> you, are you serious, Bateman? But hey. Sounds like he had to, he pulled, pulled off a Marty Bird right there. So he pulled off a Marty Bird. And, uh, and that's the thing about good casting, too, is that uh, Bateman clearly has a lot of marty bird in him yeah and oh man the uh yeah he seems like quite a character we did a little research on him and and he, he switched over to his own company to represent himself instead of using an agency mm -hmm. and it uh, looks like they make mm -hmm. some some interesting stuff some advertising advertising products and different things but yeah um that's great how this how the show came to be. I'm I'm interested in looking. We'll we'll get more into that over time as we go through the rest of the episodes. Uh, but what a lot of fun! What a great character! And um, yeah, I have no idea what it would be like to direct that as well as uh, star in it. But it, it sure works. And I think that you're right. The casting. I'd like to look more into how that came to be as well, and how much he had an influence on it because. They get, I mean, they got everybody really right into their roles. I mean, there's no stilted acting. I'm never removed from the story by any of the performances. They're all really smooth, really dialed in. And uh, I think there's some sense of presence. Everybody's having a lot of fun with that script. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which speaks to the, the entire the director in particular and the entire production crew for creating a space where you can create that kind of work, especially for 10 episodes, just 10 hours. And they're doing it in the amount of time that they make feature films. And it's a miracle if you get an hour and a half of feature film that has that kind of aliveness and presence. So doing it for 10 hours straight, acting and directing in it, well, wow. Yeah, I wonder, they may have done all of the recording for that in a short amount of time. I don't know for sure, but uh, I'm guessing that they all stick together and, and uh, they had different locations, but I bet you they did it in big chunks because there's really a flow. There's a continuity between the characters and they're relating to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the locations are wonderful. The, the, the buildings and the spots, the, the the shots on the lake, the house, all the locations are really nice too. Yeah. Nothing overdone, but everything really perfect. Everything perfect. 
All right. Well, that's enough for, for now on episode two. But uh, come back and check with us again next week, and we'll dive into episode three. And enjoy the show. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say, Taylor, before we no. head out? All right. I think we wrap it up. Cool. All right. Thanks for being here, Lance. All right, man. turn the room upside down to find the clicker that wasn't fun love you both <laughs>